You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. Go visit the Glebe Central Pub right in the heart of the Glebe at 779 Bank Street and check out the Send Shuttle for $17. You can have your misery with a side of company to and from the CTC to many home games. Head to GlebeCentralPub.com slash SendsBus for your tickets. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller. And again, some good company at the very least. We have Atla Leem's Martian with us. The whole postcast crew is here breaking down a 5-0 Senators loss on home ice against the Florida Panthers. A loss that was masked with a bunch of bullshit at the end. But Pilsy, this one was lifeless, unenthusiastic. From the drop of the puck. This was just an absolute embarrassment of a hockey game. And look, I I don't know if I agree with you with lifeless Ross. At least they showed some energy, some physicality, but in an embarrassing fashion. Like this, the Zach McEwen attempt to try to get Matthew Kachuk off was, was just an absolute joke. I don't know what that guy's doing in the lineup if he can't even get something like that right. Uh, when guys like Brady Kachuk and if Jake Sanderson is stepping up and fighting here, this team obviously doesn't have the the right guys that know how to play their role because Jake Sanderson should not have to do that. Even though Matthew Kachuk clearly said, "Hey." We're going to we're going to go after Sanderson here if you guys keep this up and you start looking at 167 penalty minutes in this game. Never in my entire life have I seen a ref just say, you know what? Screw it. Every player on the ice, 10 minute misconducts, get out of here. And he's tossing out 10 minute misconducts, Martian, like they're fun coupons because the refs just had enough of this. Even the Kachuk family with two of their sons in the game decide, you know what? This debacle's not worth our time. Chantel's getting grandma packed in the car early. They're beating the traffic. They're not hanging around to watch the rest of this absolute garbage. So here we are, a five nothing loss at home to the Florida Panthers, Martian. Pilsy. Go ahead, buddy. God. I mean, the, the gong show aside, Pilsy, they just played horrible from the start of the puck drop to, to the end of the game. They had nothing in the bag. They go nine shots against unanswered to start the first period. And then what do they do? And they're lucky to only be down one nothing at that yeah, point. Yeah, honestly. And, and then what do they do? They go out to start the second period, and they're flat again, Pilsy. Eight shots against unanswered to start the second 14 straight minutes without a shot, Martian. Yeah, and we know that because Sportsnet loves putting that on our face with their little tickers and graphics. At one point, they had a graphic that said 11 players remain from each team. So I thought that one was pretty funny as if like everybody was going to get eliminated here at some point. Uh, But Ross, I'll kick it back to you here because I I don't know where to go next. You tee us up. Well, I think that I want to stick on on the gong show a little bit because that's what we're going to, you know, simply break down but really the problems run so much deeper than that this was way worse than a five nothing game and i'm glad they got the garbage time goals at the end like the score didn't deserve to be three nothing because then if if you're like overly optimistic you're toxically optimistic which we've been called before not anymore as the standard's been raised nobody on the ice deserves to even be close to that standard it was just a complete gong show. So they have that that goal that should have been offside. But you know how you don't have to worry about an offside review? Don't give the puck away behind your net and allow a wraparound goal. Like, that was an awful goal any way you slice it. 
they get that. You get the delay a game penalty, and then they score on the ensuing power play. Uh, Travis Hamanick is so washed. It is un- uncanny how washed he is. There is not a single defensive forward on the Ottawa Senators roster worth their salary. It is so bad right now that I don't even know which direction to take this in, Martian. So when I don't know, I do it chronologically. I look at the first goal of the game, one minute and 28 seconds in. Zero pressure. They're cycling the puck, and I get they're shorthanded, but nobody's even trying to get a stick in the lane. It may as well be the Guy Boucher special 5-on-0 power play in practice. Nobody was going for the puck, and then sure enough, what do you do in that situation? You get the puck to the highest danger area because nobody's defending there. Little bumper pass out into the slot, and it's one nothing. Sam Reinhardt opens the scoring. Not to brag, I had Sam Reinhardt as my lookout player. He scores two goals in this game, but really, it was just a joke from there, Pilsy. Like at that point, and and Pilsy, don't worry, I'm going to ask where your panic button is. The chat's lighting up. They want to know where the panic button is. But at that point, it's one nothing. The Sens have iced the puck three times in the first four minutes. They have one shot at the first TV timeout. It's 6-1 for the Panthers. And that's even before the Sens get a double minor power play. Timmy's bleeding out of his nose. And at the time of the penalty, the shots are 9-1. Well, guess what? They were 9-2 after a four-minute power play. Ottawa mustering one muffin on goal in that power play. So I don't even know what I want to ask you, Pilsy. But that first period showed absolutely no life that this was going to get better. No, like you you could tell what type of game this was going to be. I thought, Ross, maybe they'll even the momentum shifts with that four-minute uh, power play that they had, especially it's Timmy that gets high sticks. So you think, all right, the boys are going to rally. They glued him up. They put him right on the ice right away. Maybe he's got that adrenaline flow and he's going to try to get something going. And like you mentioned, one measly shot. And you know what? As much as I want to harp on the Senators for having a crap power play there, the Florida Panthers penalty kill was just relentless. Like they were so aggressive on every uh, every time the puck was cycled. Immediately they had a guy on the puck. The Sens are bobbling. They're looking for pucks in their in their skates. Not able to get anything going and take poor uh, choices. Poor passes. Cannot enter the zone like we talked about. They had difficulties with and. I the TSN turning point for me though in this one again Martian we're talking about an offside review being a turning point in this game because it's only one nothing in that point sure the Senators are playing dog shit hockey and you're like well they're not going to win this game but at least it's not going to get out of control here but then that offside review which I don't know I have eyes you have eyes we all have eyes we saw on the camera that that is that's offside. Like I get what they they were trying to say being like, Oh, he wasn't in possession. No, that is offside. If we have an offside review that can go that far back into play has a gazillion cameras on it. And the control room in Toronto has a guy with a million screens and you can clearly see it. That can't happen. Otherwise, why are we doing offside reviews? So that was the turning point for me, Martian, because that at that point you just knew this game was not going to go the sense. But, but and Marsha, before you get in there, like the turning point, I get what you're trying to say, but it wasn't the turning point. Ottawa hadn't had a shot in 15 minutes. Yeah. I but mean, at least that, they're surviving. That's the thing though. Like, right. Okay. Let's just stick with the offside review real quick here, boys. Like that overhead angle showed that it was offside. 
But at the same time, Ross, I agree with you. I don't think that changes a goddamn thing in this game. They were getting absolutely dominated. But it does change the game script a lot because those two goals happen so fast. And then the Ottawa players have to emotionally react to that, which is like, obviously, they're going to go down that. You can tell with this team, man. As soon as stuff like this happens to them, you can see them all sink on the bench. And you can see it in their play when they're out in the ice. So for me, it's, 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 it's unfortunate that that didn't go their way. But to me, that should have been called offside and not counted. It should have been one nothing at that point. Who knows? Florida could have scored, right? Ottawa could have scored though and made it, you know, one one. So at the same time, it's it's like a chicken or the egg thing. But the, the, I mean, the Sens weren't playing well enough to win anyway, so it doesn't really matter at the end of it. But the the thing is, the thing is, Ross. Sure, the Senators are playing terrible hockey. I already said it. Like it's not oh. like they're going to come back and win this game because of that. But that offside challenge was a one step forward, but risking two steps back. Because if you get it, okay, it's still one nothing. Sure, you're getting outworked. It's embarrassing, but at least one nothing. You maybe you get a get bounce. Maybe that happens. But when that call doesn't go their way, God knows why. The hockey gods hate the sends. There's no other explanation. Now, not only is it not one nothing, it's two nothing. But now the power play happens. And the only goals scored in this game have been on the power play. And what do you know? Early on in that power play, the Panthers score again. Now, instead of one nothing, you're down 3 nothing. And DJ Smith, you could see him lipping on the bench saying he was two feet offside. He he thought this was an absolute no-brainer. Everyone did. I don't Everyone know. What, like, I would love to hear if anyone in the chat was at the game. No, I was Those- hearing from I was hearing from people okay. who were at the game, Pilsy, via text and other methods, and they didn't get that overhead angle, but they could tell. You know, they were maybe they did get that overhead angle, and that's why they were so upset. But nobody expected that to be called a goal at the end. Of no, the they were all like, "No, that's that's no goal," and that's why the boos were. And I've heard that they were as loud as they've ever been. I was just gonna say, I've never. I don't think I've heard boos that loud ever like that was insane like those two guys we got to find those guys they got to be sent central citizens but the one guy with the backwards hat just be like what like <laughs> what is going on and his buddy's like holding him back it's like one of those hold me back moments i'm gonna attack this ref right here like that was it was mind-boggling and that was the perfect like a picture is worth a thousand words that was the perfect way to describe sense fans this season just being like are you kidding me when something can go wrong it has, but you know, I said it already. The best way to not have a review in that situation is to not give up the most embarrassing goal that you can. A goalie comes behind the net, and there was already a lack of communication, or actually it was afterwards, but overall in this game, between the defenseman and Eunice Corpusallo, I'm on Team Corpusallo in terms of him smacking a stick and telling Brandy, come get the puck. What do yeah. you want me to do I with mean, the puck? I mean- that was a crazy moment in that game where you just realized how disjointed they really were. And you could look at that first period and you could see they couldn't make a pass. They couldn't bobble the puck. But the least you can do is go get the puck from your goaltender when he's got it behind the net. I mean, he's slapping his stick and he's rattled about it. And it's, I mean, it's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch that. But he should be. I mean, he yeah. kept them in the game for a couple. It, it was shocking that it was only one nothing after the first period. Corpus yeah. Alameda. Left to right pad save, right to left pad. He slid across in the butterfly. Usually he's all over the place. He was square to the shooter. No rebound. I was like, this guy's giving me confidence, even mm-hmm. though nobody else on the team could literally put a pass together. They would stick handle into their own feet. It was yeah. it was just a, an absolute exercise of what not to do. But Steve G, and we appreciate the, the, uh, 
what do we call it? The coins in the guitar case. We really do appreciate that, Steve. But he's got a good point, saying that the Sens lost their mind when the Kelly goal was disallowed too in the last game. It is a pattern. This team has no composure. And almost ironically, the coach looks like he's too composed on the bench. Could you imagine if that call went against the Florida Panthers, what Paul Maurice would have done? He might have picked up the bench and thrown it on the ice like Roger Nielsen. He was... You would have gone nuts. I would love to see DJ snap. What do you have to lose at this point, buddy? You, yeah, you for real. Like, you, know, you were a you were a tough NHL player. Like, go over there and give Paul Maurice a talking to for you know sending Maddie Kachuk in, and we can get into that too. Like, he skates back into the zone and gives Corpusalo an extra whack. I don't know if you guys caught that. That's what caused the whole you know kerfuffle there with with McEwen going after him. I mean, it just spiraled out of control. And you might as well get involved, DJ, because like your whole team's fired up. So, um, I I would probably recommend just like showing some emotion he hasn't done that yet he's never really been that kind of coach and i think it's probably because he's too nice of a guy um but he was a you know he was a scrapper but that's that's another reason why that was such a turning point is because like uh steve said like the sends lost their mind when the call didn't go their way the call doesn't go their way again and they're just like well this game's over for us because what was it last year or maybe even the last two years the sends video reviews on goal challenges were really good like we were praising the guy being like he nails it he got it and now it's just not happening it's not going their way and they just slouch down and it's just over like that and just quickly about Corpusalo, like we've been talking about this like we're all so nervous when he plays the puck so Corpusalo's is probably saying okay maybe I, I gotta get used to my defenseman a little bit more we gotta figure each other out so I'm I'm not gonna be so crazy playing the puck I'm just gonna stop it behind the net well he tries to stop it behind the net. It goes terribly, and Reinhardt gets it and scores on that wraparound that you talked about, Ross. And then later, he's like, all right, I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to leave it here. It's nice and settled for the D-men. Where are they? No one's around. Like, if I'm Corpusalo, not only am I smacking my stick yelling at them, how about you get the puck? Let's get going here. But also... Bennett, Kachuk, these guys are taking shots at me all night, and I'm the one that has to go and try to settle this at the end of a period? Like... Corpus Al shouldn't be asked to do that. So I don't blame the frustration from him. Not like he's been a, an all-star uh, goalie this season, but no one's putting this 5 nothing loss on Corpus Al. No, this is it. Well, I'm putting it on the entire team. Nobody should lack accountability after. Yeah. And Sense Fan and Van, we saw your message. We're going to get to that after a quick word. And Andrew Burnett here just nails it. First season with, with season tickets, and he wants a refund. Yeah. 12 out of 16 games. Go or Sorry, 12 out of 17 games now. Home ice. Well, two in Sweden. Okay. That's I, not their home. I, ju I just took a national broadcast angle there because they put up that stat today. Their home record. Come on. Got to be better. I got to be better. But that's what they've provided at home ice ever since that opening weekend. The thing is, dude, they, they won those games too, Ross. So like, if you want to count them, sure. But yeah, like, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's worse. It's worse if you just look at the regular home ice games. So, yep. It's, it's absolutely brutal. We have a whole lot to get to. I want people in the chat to let us know if we should do send central standouts today. Does this game deserve for us? Make a poll. Does this game deserve send central standouts? We'll discuss that next five, nothing loss to the Florida Panthers, but at least we've got the Glebe central pub. When times are tough, we go to the Glebe central pub. We vent together. We vibe together. That's what we do here on Locked On Senators, and that's what we do in the Senators community because, my goodness, if there's one thing that Sens fans have, it's a passionate fan base, and 
on the ice product be damned at times. At least we got each other. That's where we're at today, and that's where the Glebe Central Pub is always a good time because you're always among friends at the Glebe Central Pub, whether it's live music night, whether it's wing night, whether it's uh, open mic night, speed dating. I know some of you sickos in the chat want to go speed dating. It's all at the Glebe Central Pub. And make sure you buy your tickets on the Send Shuttle. I'm going to the Leafs game on the Send Shuttle. I'm ready for that one. December 7th, going to be an absolute blast. Always a good time on the Glebe Central Pub Shuttle. Visit them, 779 Bank Street, and make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. And when you go to the website, you can buy your game tickets there as well. But just make sure that you're buying just the bus tickets separately. $17 round trip. Glebe Central Pub, 779 Bank Street, right in the heart of the Glebe. The Postcast is also brought to you by Collective. If you run a small solo business, you're an army of one, but you still need help. You need a CPA, bookkeeper, separate payroll solution, and more. Let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of business. You're wearing many hats if you run your own business, but with Collective, bookkeeping and accounting don't need to be one of them. Start saving thousands of bucks and hours of your time by letting Collective handle your business paperwork. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion not your paperwork let collective handle all the paperwork you dread like corporate formation and compliance taxes bookkeeping accounting boring the best part is you can let collective do all that join the thousands of entrepreneurs who have saved over ten thousand dollars a year on taxes with this structure right now collective is offering a one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash nhl Locked on NHL, that is, and tell them Locked on NHL sent you. That's $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them Locked on NHL sent you. That's collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them Locked on NHL sent you. All right. Welcome back to the postcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller. We have Laleem's Martian here. Pilsy, where is the panic button right now? Look, this is such a bad game, and if you zoom in on this, this world is imploding. The Sens are an absolute joke. Nothing is going right. November, the curse of November continues. We said it all along, Ross. The curse of November and the curse of Sweden is not going to Sweden. It's coming back, and I don't think it can get much worse than this when you talk about the Islanders' loss, now this loss. Having said that, there's still a lot of season left. And I know people are probably, they got their pitchforks out and uh, their torches and they say, we we need Pillsy to hit the panic button here. I'm holding, I'm holding. I'm not hitting the panic button yet. There's so much time left in the season. There's injuries. Things got to kind of start shaking themselves out. All the other months in the rest of the season are not named November. That's a big part of it too. No more November months. I'm hoping that that helps out. But guys, I hate to say it, Positive Pillsy, not here. I don't know where he is. Pessimistic Pillsy, he's here. But panic button uh, Pillsy, nope. Not yet. Not yet. You guys know what the Senators need right now? What? You guys know what the Senators need? Oh. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering why you left the room there. We need Patrick Watt to come and throw some benches around, get the water bottles off, and just maybe not go full JR and try to hit the ref with the water bottle. Yeah, They need some emotion back there. Please. Any sort of emotion would be very welcome for a fan base, I think, who right now is watching a dead man walking on the bench. That's what we got right now. 
You got a dead man walking on the bench. Yeah, he's a he's lame such guy. a good guy that it's like every time he talks to the media, you're like, hey, good guy. He's the yep. kind of guy I'd want my kid to play for in junior hockey. Agreed. But it's about winning. And yeah. the Senators have a 465 points percentage with DJ Smith. And we just saw Dean Everson get fired. And he had a 635. Look at Jay Woodcroft's uh, points percentage. Like, there are guys who are much better at winning hockey games that are getting fired right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's basically, I mean, it's time, in my opinion. I, I tweeted it out earlier. I, I think that this is, I'm firmly now, I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm overdue, but it's, it's, it's time. Like, it's got to get done. And it doesn't, if it doesn't happen soon, they're not going to be able to win with, with him as the coach. They need a shakeup. This is the yeah. kind of shakeup they need. They've got their fun uncle working with them. They can say it all they want in the media, how much they like playing for him and they believe in him. But guess what? They're going to bring in someone better, and pretty quickly those guys are going to forget DJ Smith. I mean, he helped them grow. Sure, he was yes. good at that. Yeah. But he's just not the guy to get them over the hump here, and they're supposed to be. And we wouldn't be talking like this if the expectations weren't shifted now to being we should be a playoff team. So – with that being said, they need to actually have a guy in place who can make them winners. And right now, the culture is is it's messed up, right? They, they they don't know how to win, and he's not teaching them how. So we need to get a guy in there who who knows how to win, who's taught other guys to win. Bring in a coach that maybe has won a championship in the last year. You know, I know DJ won a Mem Cup, uh, you know, fairly recent or you know whatever, ten years ago. Yeah, whatever. not that recent. Yeah, wasn't his, cap, wasn't his captain Scott Sabarin? I mean, and and I, I, you know, they won gold at the World Championship with him as the head coach too. No, so like, oh, he wait. was an assistant, and that's where he should be. Yeah, okay, yeah. That, that that makes more sense. Fair. So, great call out there. But yeah, absolutely. Two man. and like, zero. Two and zero with Alfie behind the bench. Zero and two since he's been off the bench on the way back. And here's the other thing, though, too, right? We don't have a GM either. We've got an interim GM slash president of hockey operations. If you're looking at this in a smart business way, which I'm sure Michael Anlauer is and the rest of the ownership group is, you don't hire the underling before you hire the superior. You let the superior choose who, who's going to be working for them. So Steve Steos, this is your job now to find a GM today <laughs> and let him get a coach in tomorrow. Because we got five days off here, and this is uh, it's getting out of hand. But you can't, you can't, in my opinion, unless you throw Alfie in there as a morale guy for an in, interim tag, you know, for the next like whatever two weeks until they find a real GM and interview a real coach. Then there's no, I, I don't hate that idea to be honest with you. But at the I'll, same, I'll, time, I'll, I'll one up that Jacques Martin, who has experience as a head coach, should be the interim if he'll do it. And yeah. Be like, hey, We'll or give you a management. We'll give you a cozy job afterwards, a senior advisor. We sure. need you boots on the ground to see what the heck is going on here and learn how to play defense, which has always been his calling card. Look, I used to laugh off the idea, but it's actually starting to make more and more sense as an interim, as one year. I don't think it's the long-term answer, but I think that he could come in and, and at least like not save the season, but maybe get it back on track, or at least ingrain in these guys' mind what it's like to play defense. And if you don't, you don't. You you're held accountable. I don't care if you want your cookies all night. And you want to be a hundred point player, Tammy. You want to be a point per game guy, G, Drew, or uh, and uh, you know Kachuk. It's like let's just let's just shut it down. Let's let's get Corpusalo a, a shutout. Let's win a one goal game. That's like a two one game. 
I know we've done that once this season, but the rest of them have essentially, when they lose, Pilsy, how many postcasts have I been on? <laughs> I feel like now I'm the problem because you've been on a few winning postcasts. But for me, it's like every time I'm coming on here, we're talking about brutal losses most of the time. Yeah, and this was a brutal loss for the ages. I mean, like, I don't even... I don't even really know where to go from here. And the Senators, their next game isn't until Friday. So talk about stewing on a loss. They're going to be stewing on this one for a while. Yeah. Bruce Garriock uh, tweets, we weren't ready to play. That's on me, says Coach DJ Smith. I mean, it is on you. <laughs> like, we know. We know at this point because this team was half asleep for the first period and most of the second. And then the only time they woke up is when this game was out of reach and they tried to show some face with some terrible scrums and a brutal attempt by Zach McEwen to get under the skin of Matthew Gachuk. Like it just, and they were getting laughed at like Brady's getting laughed at by his big brother. And he's trying to chirp back in the Florida bench is just laughing. They're laughing at Timmy after they're scoring goals. Like, it's just an embarrassing scene all over. And I, what I was getting at is the next game is Columbus. We we should be sitting here being like, oh yeah, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like we're gonna we're gonna feast on these guys. I'm not so sure. Like Columbus is looking like a team with more confidence than the Ottawa Senators right now, which is pathetic to say. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could almost call it like a battle of the basement type of game at this point. If you really wanted to get it, like I mean, I don't. I don't have confidence that they're going to win either. No. Dude, Columbus just beat Boston tonight. Yeah, yeah. Columbus yeah. is playing good lately. But you know what? It's because, and Martian, we talked about this. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give you credit. You brought it up. What did Columbus do? No fun uncle coach. Sure, they bring in Mike Babcock. <laughs> Show us your phones, <laughs> boys. That doesn't work great. Did they really bring him in, though? I mean, it didn't last very long. They tried, and it didn't work. But what the message they were sending is, you don't get the fun uncle anymore. And then they bring in the new coach. I'm blanking on his name right now, but he comes in, and he makes hard decisions. Pascal Vincent. Thank you, Pascal Vincent. And he's benching guys that are making uh, huge dollars. Johnny Goudreau, Patrick Laine. He's benching them if not playing. Okay, benching didn't work. He didn't figure it out. Well, it's not just a little slap on the wrist. We're serious. We're not messing around. Patrick Laine, go watch a game in the press press box. And the Ottawa Senators haven't even done anything close to that. Like the only instance you can say that was close to that excuse me, was Matthew, Matthew Joseph last year when he was a zero right. non-factor player. Like, that didn't scare anyone. Like, that didn't do anything. So the fact that this losing continues and the the players saying DJ's our guy, we're going to stick with DJ, and this just continues to pile on and it gets worse and worse and worse. Like, at some point, when are the Ottawa Senators going to stop digging? They're digging themselves in a hole, digging, digging, digging. You can't always go up, but at some point, you got to stop going down. And the Ottawa Senators, I don't know how many times we've said have hit rock bottom. I'm not saying that right now, but how many times can you hit rock bottom? Are the Sens trying to find a new way? Are they hitting the next part of the Earth's core that they're going through the next layer of rock here? Like, this is absolutely embarrassing. Well, Steve Steos, I'll, I'll show him my phone. <laughs> that's where that's where we're at right now for me. And, and I hate to be that guy. And I said I hate harping on it, but it really just comes down to the preparation, the um, any sort of adjustments in game, 
and the fact that there is no emotion on the bench. There's no emotion on the bench. No, and I, I think. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No. no, no, no. Oh, I mean, I was going to say, like, I mean, you look at the guys who aren't performing right now, and I, I look at kind of that middle six area, especially as a group of guys who should be providing some kind of scoring who, who aren't really at all right now. Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, you could scratch either one of those guys, and I wouldn't give a shite. Right, boys? And then, you know, but that, that what's the root cause of that? Is They're not playing well because they don't feel like they're ever going to get held accountable for yeah. not playing well. So. I mean, that's a coaching issue, in my opinion. But at the same time, those guys, if they, you know, if they want to stick around or you want to be part of this and help this team win, they've got to show a lot more effort than what they're showing. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I had to take a sip of my drink there. I don't even know what what's, to say what's, here. What's in your glass? I, I'm sticking with the the crack and rum and Coke's doubles for today's game, though. I mean, well, it's usually doubles. Who am I kidding? But uh, this was this was a tough one. Like I was getting ready for this postcast, and most of the time I'm looking up stats. I'm rewatching the goals. My postcast preparation was pouring a stiff drink. Dude, I usually write down like a, almost like a play by play throughout the game, like just so that I can, if I want to go back, be like, oh, what happened first, this or that. Yeah, my last. One is uh, McEwen gets match penalty five in a game for going after Matthew Kachuk. After that, I was like, this is not even worth my time. That honestly might have been the play that pissed me off the most. That was that was embarrassing. Like, that's like it was it was embarrassing. And like, especially like, you know, I don't know if you guys know Matthew and Brady Kachuk are brothers. Um, so Brady's probably sitting there being like, oh man, like I'm gonna have to hear about that one later. Like, I don't know what's up with that Zach guy. Like, I'm I'm sorry. He heard about it right away because Matthew yeah. skated by and goes, What's what the hell's with that? You guys sending this guy after me? Like, what the he went well, crazy. and that's when he said, Marsh, and that's when he goes, We're going after Sanderson. Yeah, and it's Timmy and Sanderson, you're yeah, dead. We're going after Timmy and Sanderson, and you can hear him say it. And I okay. love the response because the intermission happened pretty briefly after that. So you know there was a conversation that was had in the dressing room, like Hey, heads up, skilled guys, young guys. They're coming for you guys. Matthew said it. And I love Sanderson's gumption there. He just goes, he goes, all right, you want a piece of yeah, me? Let's, he let's knows it's coming. Him. Yeah, if you want to come at me, I'd rather fight you than have you give me a dirty shot. So well, good on him. One thing I did like, though, is right away they square up. They're, they're gliding around. And Matthew goes like this. And then he takes his helmet off. I'm actually glad Sanderson didn't take his helmet off. Like, uh, part of me was like, ah, I mean, if he's gesturing to do it, you both kind of got to do it. But then I'm like, you're not no, 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 no. Sandy, you are out of your element here. Don't take your helmet off. Protect that noggin. Your hockey IQ is one of the best parts of your game. Protect yourself there. And that's a bit of a – that's a smart play. At least you get the power play over there. And Well, oh, no, the Sens go for a six for the power play. Never Absolutely embarrassing. Uh, I think what he, what he was saying, because he kind of pointed here like that he had gotten cut from McEwen. I don't think he wanted his visor to like rub up and down on it on his. That's what my guess is. But anyways, <laughs> I don't know. I think I take a visor rubbing my skin rather than a uh, haymaker or smashing it against the ice. I think he was pretty confident that Sanderson wasn't going to come with a haymaker to first Although career. Although Sandy did get uh, get a few jabs in before that one ended. I mean, Matthew obviously got the better of him, no kidding. But, like, yeah, I, mean, I was happy with how Sandy did there. I mean, yeah, he, he was – Sandy was swinging. So, you got to give yeah. him credit for that. But, I mean, that's a guy who just doesn't know how to fight. So, he just didn't. <laughs> but was this – Was willing. I like was, willing. 
Yep. Was yep. this game tonight the way that Detroit Red Wings fans felt last February against Ottawa? Because I just felt like Ottawa got bullied tonight. Like they were poking at the goalie. They were getting after him. Other than Brady in that scrum, like nobody really did anything. Everyone was just kind of standing there playing peacemaker. Even Travis Hamannick, who came in from like all the way, I thought he came off the bench. Turns out he didn't, but I wouldn't. I mean, would a 10 game suspension for him be the worst thing in the world? I don't know. Just add to the penalty minutes, but like Hamannick, all he did was like grab, like it was grab and grapple. It's like, no, like throw some bombs if you're going to do something. They didn't want it tonight to use Brady's own term yeah. against him. They didn't want it. There weren't enough guys in the battle. And like Josh Norris 20, used to have two guys between both teams. <laughs> dude, Josh Norris used to have like a level of like, I don't care about him. Where like that fight against Romanov in his rookie season, he was unreal. He wouldn't, he wouldn't swat a fly right now out there. Like no. he's the softest player on the team. And yeah. I get that it's your shoulder, shoulders no, made of glass. It, well, if he, if he's well enough to play, he should be well enough to play to the best of his abilities, not be like, oh, well, I'm not going to get dirty in the corners now. Oh, well, now you're not an $8 million player. Yeah. So unless yeah, he's given yeah. half that money back, then maybe he should play the way that got him the money in the first place. Well, I used to say it all the time. Josh Norris was one of, used to be one of my favorite players to watch because of the way he moved around the ice, and he did win a lot of battles in the corners. But it is what it is. Pillsy, take it away. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Ross. Uh, you can't, like, even though Brady is 8 million plus player, Josh Norris making right around 8 million, you can't, you can't all just be standing around hanging out while that's going on. And it just, and like Travis Hamnick, like, if you're going to be brutal defensively, like he was uh, on that Sam Bennett goal, like, what an absolute turnstile he was there, at least get some physicality going and get yourself in the mix and help out the boys uh, in that sense. Like it just, it wasn't happening. And I don't, I don't know what this is going to do for this team moving forward. Cause the Ottawa centers have that kind of culture and that, that core group that seems to really get along. And they mentioned it on the broadcast, like two years ago. Yeah. This team still sucked two years ago, but opponents used to leave being like, man, that team sucks. But they play hard. And, like, I know that's the classic, like, that's such loser mentality. We are losers. So that's what we are. we're talking about. We are complete, absolute losers. Uh, Us, so we're losers. Like, yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I'm not, I, I know how much of a loser being an Ottawa Senators fan is. And, but the, at least we were losers with pride. And it wasn't like, it was like, ah, I feel kind of bad for them. It wasn't like, look at these goofs. Like, they suck, and they're an embarrassment to their own team. Their fans are booing them off the ice. They got to they gotta clap back in the media defending a head coach that's one of the worst head coaches statistically in the league. Like, what a joke we are. Like, yeah, Pierre you- Dorian, we are a team. that We thought that was hilarious. We thought that was embarrassing. We might not be a team pretty soon here. Like that's how bad and that is. The other thing is, Pilsy, Like at least historically, the way they lost and and where they were as a as a franchise and where the expectations were at, they were in a rebuild. So losing wasn't the worst thing yeah. in the world. You know, now it's like okay, the window's opening. I think we think we thought, and then now it's like okay, where are our expect? Are, do we need to adjust our expectations? Do we need to as a fan as a fan base? We don't want to. So. Let's fix things here. And it needs to be fixed fast. Otherwise, this is just another season where we're going to be. And, and I mean, look at the crowd tonight. It was a good crowd Monday night. Yeah. 
wasn't wasn't bad at all, right? Looked like it looked like they had a, a almost a sellout by the looks of things to me. But it, I mean, the fans are showing up, so that's not a thing anymore, right? When Brady and and these, these guys were playing in the last like four four or five years, the, there weren't a lot of fans in the building, so it was kind of a, a less heartening thing for them to have to go in there and 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 perform. But now it's like it's on you guys now, boys. Like the product's there, we think it's there. You got to win, and they're not doing it. Very well said. That's Aleem's Martian. He's Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. We're going to say bye to our audio listeners. Tune in tomorrow on Locked On Senators. And if you are in the car, you're like, man, these guys are venting. I need to be a part of this. Head over to YouTube and go to the 38-minute mark of the video. And we've got the postcast after dark. This is the Locked On Senators postcast presented by the Glebe Central Pub. Visit them in the heart of the Glebe, 779 Bank Street, and make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you.